Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia. Good season overall, obviously not the result. Uh, the ultimate goal that we were looking to accomplish, um, I applaud the organization, all involved, the team, the players, and coaching staff, and uh, we look forward to continuing to reach and strive uh, for that ultimate goal of winning a world championship. Has this team under this leadership, maybe not Brandon Bean, but this head coach, reached its ceiling? Mike Danger. We, collectively, just have to be at peace with knowing that this team will be competitive. This team will contend for division titles, but this team won't get home. And if you're okay with that, Sean McDermott will be in Buffalo for a long, long time. Gene Battaglia. You mentioned how there's going to be some changes in the roster, and I agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. And, and we're wondering to what degree, but what is next for the Bills? Is it, hey, we're going back all in 2024. You know what? We got to be prudent here. I think you can do a little bit of both. You make some moves, but like, you still have Josh Allen and a lot of talent. You're going to be in the mix. I don't ever see see them with Josh Allen in the smack middle of his prime, taking a year off. 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan, Rochester. You didn't see that one, did you, Gino? What? Yeah. Like, wait, wait a second here. Another blow for last season wasn't a failure if you're a Milwaukee Bucks fan. They're, they're 30 and 13. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's what's excuse now? I don't know. Oh, you... My gosh. Yeah. I, I I was expecting like three hours of McDermott talk. Isn't this nice? Um, Adrian Griffin fired by the Milwaukee Bucks yeah. right now. We walk into the sports bar with breaking news. Uh, uh, that wait, the Milwaukee wait, Bucks. Tr- try that again. Without even, without even. Ow! 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 It really hit me. I didn't know it was coming back that far. Dude didn't even make it to the All-Star game. The first year. How do, you, how do you evaluate? Did he say something? Did he do something? There, there has to be something what? behind that story. <laughs> did, did he anger Giannis? I, I mean, that's where my mind goes immediately. I don't like that my mind goes there, but immediately my mind goes there. My mind goes to there's a power play or a struggle. And, and this kind of sets the table for what we can talk about this afternoon in the sports bar. Well, it's like, let's put this against the Buffalo Bills, too, because, no, for anybody that was holding out hope that today was going to have shocking news out of Buffalo, it was anything but. It's very predictable. Business as usual. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about what we heard today from head coach Sean McDermott, from general manager Brandon Bean, their end-of-season press conferences this morning and this afternoon. Let's set the table for you here in the sports bar. We'll talk some Amherst hockey as well. They're on a bit of a heater as their homestand continues this weekend, and head coach Seth Appert stops by at 425. Yeah, if you're down about the Bills, all right, well, here's a little bit of an antidote for you. that the, the Amherst are, like, they're playing their best hockey this season. They will have have a veteran goalie here for the post, or maybe they go with Levi uh, when you're going down the stretch. We shall see, but uh, for now, 
now, um, again, the switch has been made. Comrie coming back down, Levi going back up as the Sabres are out west. Uh, we'll talk to Amherst head coach Seth Appert because, oh, here's another thing, too. If you're looking for something to do, the Amherst are home Friday night and Saturday night. It doesn't happen too often. You get them on back-to-back nights. We'll have uh, Matt Perino join us here later this hour covering the Buffalo Bills for the Syracuse Post Standard. He was in Orchard Park today for the McDermott and Bean press conferences. We'll get his takeaways after the Bills season comes to an end on Sunday night. Yeah, so what's next? I mean, Matt has covered the team here. He's very embedded. We'll see what, get his thoughts here, and he'll, he'll dr- deliver this straight to you. He is one of the best. We're lucky to have him on every week. Matt Perino, the Shout Podcast, Syracuse.com, Syracuse Post Standard. He'll be joining us here shortly. Your calls are always welcome in the sports bar. Love hearing from you on the Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub Wingman line. That's 866-4-F-A-N, 585-866-4-F-A-N. 4326. You can also reach out to us on Elon's Twitter. That's X at the fan Rochester. I'm at AKA Mike Danger. He is at Gene Battaglia. So, yeah, it's funny. You get this news uh, of the Bucks firing their first year head coach in Adrian Griffin and, and what their plan is. Who knows? But chances are they're going to bring in somebody with a little bit more experience, maybe a more veteran head coach. And they're they're in a in a position where you know they're going to be a, a postseason team. They're going to make a run for the title like they do because they have some of the best players in the world on their team. But they're not satisfied or they're not resting on their laurels. And and if they feel like there's a, a chance for an upgrade, they're going to take that chance. Now the NBA is not the NFL. Basketball players and football players, although all elite athletes, they're they're different breeds of cat, right? I mean, I'm not com- completely comparing apples to apples, but what you got today out of Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean is what you've gotten out of them at the end of every postseason press conference. Nothing different, nothing to speak of that was like shocking. Not that you would expect anything shocking, but it's the same steady drumbeat that we've heard. Yeah, and. Let me draw an analogy that I think is relatable for a lot of us. You get to a certain age and you start thinking, all right, I got a plan for my future. Like, what about retirement, financial planner? And the majority of financial planners will beat the same drum that we are built for all market conditions. We are going to do this. We are going to do that. And they almost lull you to sleep. And why do they do that? Because, well, if there's a dip or if they lost some money, they're telling you in advance, hey, there's a chance here. Like, that's what basically this duo has been doing, except the difference being here is that well, we're not talking about uh, retirement in 20, 30 years. We're talking about can this team get over the finish line? So the ultimate decision maker, it's not Brandon Bean. It's Mr. Pagula. Mm-hmm. What does Mr. Pagula think? And this is kind of the line that his two main employees keep feeding him. And that's why you're not going to see any change. Hey, listen, we are built here for the long term. We don't need anything. We just need a tweak here or there. And everything is going to be just just fine. We, we are going to get this done. I will listen. I, I, I will entertain your argument that this team needs a head coaching change. I will. Because we said this at the beginning of last year. We talked about it with Manny Gray. It's all there in audio. What is it going to take for this team to get over the hump? And I'm saying this. Listen, our shows that say, no, it's not a hump. It is a hump. You get to the certain point of the season. This roster is good enough to get back to the postseason next year. And when we get to that point once again, what's going to happen? We're all going to be nervous. How do you get over that hump? You're going to get beat by better coaches. And you're going to get beat by a more talented roster. 
That's on the head coach and the general manager who we both heard from today. And as far as the ultimate decision maker, the guy that's signing the checks, well, he's he's supportive of what they've done. Why wouldn't he be? Yeah, very, very supportive. Um, we have great lines of communication with Terry, um, and um, he's disappointed like we are. Um, but he's just very supportive, and and um, he understands how hard it is um, to, to try and get to that ultimate goal. And, and so um, I couldn't ask for a better honor. Have you felt any shift in with him? Uh, not to my knowledge, no. And I like that's a question for him. But <laughs> yeah, cool. Can we ask him that? Qu- oh no, we can't ask him that question because he's never, never oh, around. Was that uh, was that our guy? Matt? I think that was yeah, Perino. Yeah, yeah, was Perino, yeah. yeah look, I, I think that that you have an owner who, when it's all said and done, can look at this organization and say we're successful. We hosted two playoff games last year. We hosted two playoff games this year. We've got found money in the bank. This is this is great, you guys. I mean, yeah, of course we want to win the Super Bowl. That would be great. But I mean, winning is winning secondary to just being a a, a business that you can be proud of, a business that rakes in what they rake in. The uh, divisional round game between the Chiefs and the Bills, CBS touting. Most watch ever in terms of number of viewers, peaking over fifty six, peaking at fifty six. Oh, that is Insane. remarkable. Put this in perspective: the Bills are a national team. They're a national team, and these are the men who help build this. So, where you, the fan, wants a championship, and how are we going to get to that championship? Take a look from the owner's eyes. They're making money. New stadium's going up. What's the problem here? Where's the pain? Mission accomplished. You, 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 the fan, you felt this way last year. And you know what happens in the NFL? Time. Yeah. You know, look, look, here's a little bit of hope. The, the season, of, optim- the season yep. of optimism begins once free agency opens oh, up. And yeah. You make a couple of signings and you, you make a few moves and you start talking about the exciting new players that you could draft at the end of April by the time. We get to St. John Fisher University. We've ramped up. We are in full-blown optimistic. This is our year mode. It's the cycle. It continues. Nothing changes unless it changes. I think the Bills have have some very, very important decisions to make this year, but I think you can distill it down to one of two choices. Do you want to continue to build this team around your head coach or do you want to build this team around your superstar elite level talent quarterback? That's it for me. Those are the two choices. You're either going to go one direction or that you could try to satisfy both, but by leaning too far in one direction, you, you sacrifice the other direction by investing as heavily in a failure of a defensive line as they have. They've hurt what they can do. On the offensive side of the ball, they've limited the amount of weapons and give just by investing in some of the weapons that they've invested on the offensive side of the ball. They have it. So we learned that Josh Allen has a lot of influence in terms of picking who the offensive coordinator is. I mean, he vouched for Ken Dorsey. He's once again endorsing Joe Brady and Joe Brady will likely become the Bills next offensive coordinator. But so what? So what? Sean McDermott ultimately is the one that's going to move on. 
Sean McDermott also, if it's Brady, can put his fingerprint right on it and say, look, this is what we need to do against Kansas City. Uh, we need to control the ball. And yeah. At, like eight possessions, that's a factor in that game, Danger. It's it funny, was. though. I, I actually think it was one of the things that I heard McDermott talk about during um, during his press conference today that he actually, being a guy who cut his teeth around Andy Reid is a pass first guy, especially with Josh Allen at quarterback. The idea that, you know, he's a defensive minded head coach and they want to play this certain brand of football. You know, he's, he's been pretty steadfast in his messaging that, you know, we want to be able to run the football when it's necessary, but we want to win games by passing the football. I actually kind of buy into McDermott when he says that, but I also believe that behind closed doors, when you know your defense is as banged up as his defense was, yeah, we need to hold on to the ball, and we need to hold on to the ball a lot against this team because our defense isn't going to be able to stop them. I want to go back to the to the breaking news at the top of the hour, just getting in your car, um, not from the NFL, from the NBA, and it's just like, holy cow, you put this story against the Bills story. The Milwaukee Bucks fired their first-year head coach, Adrian Griffin. To review, they won the world championship in 2021. Mike Moonholzer, coach of the year next year. Flamed out, first round, number one seed losing to Miami. Hey, everything's fine, everything's fine. You're fired. Mm-hmm. That's not the standard here in Milwaukee. Now, why is Griffin, why was he, I, I, I suppose we'll kind of learn, but now put that next to what the Buffalo, I didn't think we'd be comparing the Bills to the Milwaukee Bucks today. Joining us on the show, one of our longtime guys, he was with us day one, LeBaron joining hey, us. Hey, LeBaron, thanks for joining us, buddy. How are you? Hey, how are you guys doing? Good. So, with the lies of McDermott, you already know this is what's going to happen with their offseason. I feel like they're going to run it back with the same washed-up guys. They're going to get to the draft, pick some five-foot-nine receiver from Bemidji State that runs a six-four and a forty, and say he's a character guy. And then they're going to pull up someone from like I don't know the Texans' number five receiver and say he's the next big thing. That's what's literally going to happen, and uh, the Bills are screwed. That's all I have to say. Thanks. <laughs> I like how he pulled Bemidji State. Do you take offense to that? Bemidji, That's a minute. Bemidji yeah. Bemidji. Yeah. <laughs> Bemidji State. He's talking specifically about Gunnar Olszewski. If Gunnar Olszewski is on this Bills roster come training oh, camp, gosh. LeBaron is a psychic. How many teams has he been on? The Patriots, the Steelers, the Giants? Like, oh, he's okay. bounced. Yeah, yeah, he's bounced like, around a bit. I, I get your point, LeBaron. And I, I can't fight it. This team does need the weapons, and this team does need a receiver. This team needs to draft... Their future number one wide receiver. Well, I'm uh, I'm on board that, and I I agree. I think what they will do versus what they should do are two different things. And again, I'll, I'll go back to what I said, and and I'm going to add a little bit more to it here. I think the Bills have a decision to make this off season. Do they continue continue because this is what they've done up to this point? Do they continue to build around their head coach, or do they decide to start building around their superstar quarterback? And the quarterback needs to be a part of this as well. You're giving him, you're giving him some weight in terms of some of the decisions you make with your coaching staff. If I'm Josh Allen, and you're the quote unquote alpha dog that everybody talks about, this guy that when he's on the field, he's as competitive as anybody out there. We see it, we know it. And that is a fact. But off the field, 
does he carry that same weight? Does he still have that alpha dog mentality? Because if he does, then you see him going into Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott at the end of the year and saying, I don't have enough. But I don't think that Josh Allen has that in his off-field personality. He might be the most competitive guy on the field every single weekend. Off the field, he's golden retriever. Wagging his tail, chasing after the ball, doing what good golden retrievers do. Yeah, which and, is and, what their coach wants you to and do. And Brandon yeah. Bean and Sean McDermott had to have known that that that, that, that personality saves them from inward criticism. The, the idea that Steph Diggs has that, challenged that last offseason, and was sent home for a day of minicamp because of that, tells you really all you need to know. Well, again, I don't. We don't have the full story on Diggs to kind of piece that together. But uh, and Alan, what what you're saying, and I, I hear this. What would really upset the Apple Car? What if Alan, like one day, decided to go on McAfee and say, "You know what? This ends. It's going to change. I need more help. I'm going to." He can exert that power. Josh Allen is the second most powerful person in the Bills organization. It's not Brandon Bean. It's not Sean McDermott. If there were ever a power play, you can't find these quarterbacks. But that's not in his DNA danger. It's just not. Can you make somebody do that where it's out of their realm? Josh, it kind of strikes me as the guy who is fun to be with and wants to be liked and everything. And And when you look at the great quarterbacks, your Brady's, your Manning's, Jim Kelly. They put it on the table. They they have an a-hole streak. Yes. Them. Yes. And and they they put it on the table, Gino. They just put it on the table and say, mine is bigger than yours. And this is why we need to do this. Because we're not going to win. Do you think Peyton Manning was was quiet and just nodded his head as they were getting bounced in the postseason by New England? Do you think Tom Brady was satisfied anytime they got bounced? Saying what they say is cliche at this point. We've heard it. They know it's cliche. They keep, they're so comfortable saying what they say that they're not even going off script anymore. They know exactly how to answer every question. And it's the same thing we hear year in and year. Losing sucks. We're, we're, we're proud, but we're not satisfied. We're going to get better. We're going to come back and we're going to be better next year. And we're all, it starts now and fine. But if you're Josh Allen, and you're the alpha that everybody says you are. On the field, we see it. You need to have some of that off the field as well. Go in there, put it on the table, and say, you know what, guys? I don't want this anymore. We need to get back past them, and we need to stop whatever we're doing and, and focus our attention on getting me the, the weapons that I need, making sure that we collectively will outscore Kansas City anytime we have to face them or any other opponent that, that is in our way. Interesting listening to uh, Brownie and, uh, and Tasker today with uh, with uh, Orlovsky, who they had on uh, every week during the season. Brownie, a couple times bringing up the three-drop passes. I, I, I'm just wondering, like, if somewhere in that building danger, that's going, like, that's the internal narrative there. That you know what? It's oh. not the linebackers. It's not this. There's a part of me. There's a part of me as I was listening to Brandon Bean today that that believes that they're setting this up. That they're they're going to set up Steph Diggs to hear him say Steph Diggs 
is a number one receiver. And to hear him prop up Steph Diggs the way he did, even though we all saw with our own eyes kind of Steph Diggs trail off here at the end of the season. And why did he trail off? We don't know. We can make assumptions. Yeah. Where are you going with this, bud? I think I think there's a chance. There's a real chance that the Bills could part ways with Steph Diggs. And well, to go back with what, what we said, about what I said about the Bills will do versus what they should do, what they should do is draft an alpha wide receiver in the first round. Whoever's there, whoever you can get, even if you, I don't know that you need to trade up because we need players. You're going to get a comp pick. You're going to get a third round comp pick. We've kind of worked out that formula, and we know that at some point you're going to get that, but remember, that you, third you, that you gave up. You're, yeah, getting, you're yeah, getting you back. Get back. Um, what they should do is get a wide receiver, somebody with those hands, somebody that isn't going to drop the ball, somebody that can step in and, and really be the one for, for this offense that Steph Diggs is kind of like falling off of. Even even if Brandon Bean is saying he's a one, he's no he's not a one anymore, right? I mean, like at the beginning of the season, yes, what we saw towards the tail end for whatever reason didn't look like it. Maybe that changes. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he is here next season. But the cap might danger. Well, yeah, that's real. But remember, you can kind of shift half of that the way I understand it into next year with a trade. I guess I, I, it's one of those takes where at first I'm like, no. And then you think about it and I'm like, well, well, how many more years do you get Steph Diggs? <laughs> you don't, you can't even say one definitively. What would be the market though for Steph Diggs? Um, that's the problem danger. It really is. Like who's going to offer a number one pick for Steph Diggs? I don't think you're getting that, but you, you could get somebody who would want something. There are teams out there that need that kind of player on their roster. Would Jerry Jones give you a second round? Yeah. Pick? I don't know that Jerry Jones is one of those teams that's in need of that. What team would need somebody like a Steph Diggs? Well, you're narrowing it because you can't really send it. To, you don't want Diggs in the AFC. Can we agree on that? No, you send him to the NFC South. Why can't the pipeline work in reverse? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Carolina could use a number one wide oh my receiver. Gosh, that would be... That'd be doing the player wrong, though. Send him to there. You think Sean McDermott cares about how how Steph Diggs feels about his his next team? What about what after ab- after after what happened last off season? You don't think he you think he's he's forgotten that? What about Diggs with the Rams with those two other receivers? Mm. Yeah, yeah, I, they're they're destinations. There are yeah, teams. Yeah. There are teams. I don't know what they would give up. I you know, and I don't even like. I just when I heard Brandon Bean talk Steph Diggs up, I'm like, this is Brandon Bean setting the table for, you know, and good. If you're Brandon Bean, you have to explore everything, every option. And if you're Terry Pagula, you should do the same thing. We know he's not, but you should do the same thing. You should evaluate. If you're supporting Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean, it's because you're just, you're you're up to your armpits and cash and you're satiated and, and you're totally fine with where the state of this organization and where you are. Like, like the Donald Buck character. That's right. There, like, yeah. You're Scrooge McDuck. Oh, yeah. You're just there counting <laughs> counting your millions. <laughs> Guys, everything's good. Don't worry about it. Well, I mean, of course, I'm disappointed, but you know, we'll, 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 we'll manage through. And and if you're Josh Allen, I didn't know that this isn't his personality, but it, you, know, you need it to be his personality because otherwise it's not going to change. It's never going to change. It's just going to be what it's been. It's going to continue to be what it's been. He can only take you so far. This head coach can only take you so far. It's my belief. I, I'm not calling for him to be fired. I'm not saying that. I'm saying we 
should know going into next season what the ceiling is for this team, and it isn't the Super Bowl. The Jack Del Rio comp scares me. You're number eight. Core head coaches in the AFC, <laughs> like you look at the list, that haven't gotten to the Super yeah. Bowl. Del Rio got eight years. Marvin Lewis got 13. Yeah. Like at what point, at what year do you say, you know what, we really should rethink this? Yeah. Uh, maybe never. We'll see. Matt Perino covers the team for the Syracuse Post Standard. He was there at both press conferences today. We'll get his take on not just the game on on Sunday night, but uh, also the words of these two men from earlier today. Matt Perino joins us next, and we also have time for your calls on the other side at 866-4-FAN. 585-866-4326. You're listening to the Sports Bar with Danger and Battaglia. <laughs> On 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan Rocha. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The Fan Rochester Sports Update. 2023 season comes to a close for the Buffalo Bills. The annual State of the Bills press conference is today. General Manager Brandon Bean. Um, what is top priority is? Top priorities would be build this roster with as you know many good players as we can, and that's that's my number one job. Is we have to be use every asset, everything we can. Obviously, I'm going to have to be creative with with the cap. Matt Perino, Syracuse Post Standard, and the Shout Podcast, joining us next year in the Sports Bar. A couple of breaking news items here. Tom Telesco is the new general manager of the Las Vegas Raiders. Shocker from the NBA, the Milwaukee Bucks, firing their head coach, Adrian Griffin. He was in his first season. The Bucks tied for the second-best record in the NBA this season at 30-13. and 13. Sabres after dark, 10 o'clock tonight there in Anaheim. Gene Bataglin, the sports leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950. The Fan Rochester. The beer is cold and the wings are hot. You're in the sports bar with Danger and Vitaglia on the Sports Leader 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan, Rochester. I'm extremely proud of what we've accomplished, but not in any way um, satisfied or going to get complacent with where we're at. 
um, every year you start over. And every year that, that fire, I can tell you and promise you, that fire burns within me uh, as bright as it did the year before, if not more, more so. So, um, you know, we're disappointed, yes, but not broken. Bills head coach Sean McDermott at his end-of-season press conference earlier today attended by Matt Perino, our next guest, covering the Buffalo Bills for the Syracuse Post-Standard. And Matt, appreciate everything that Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean said today. And I guess I'll ask you, in your opinion, is this season a failure for the Buffalo Bills? Uh, that's a great question. And I think probably one that we can do a whole podcast on. You know, like the merits of what Sean McDermott talked a lot about today, and that is six playoff appearances in the seven seasons that he's been here. And I think in the moment, in all of these seasons, you know, in the immediacy of the losses, it's natural to be unhappy with their, their inability to get over this proverbial hump. And you kind of get yourself removed from the fact like, okay, I don't really care as much about the six playoff appearances in seven seasons because it keeps ending in the same thing. But at the same time, as somebody that lived through the drought, you know, from a fan's perspective, I feel like I have that unique uh, vision into what it feels like to finally have what this regime has brought, which is a lot of success. I do agree with Sean in that assessment, but what is ultimately going to be the, the moves or the shift that leads them to winning a championship? Cause it does feel like they're in a, the same spot that they've been at the last couple of years without incrementally um, moving in a direction that I feel puts them in any kind of different place. And if anything, now heading into this off season, you're in a place where the job for Brandon Bean is going to be tougher than it's ever been because of how much they're paying their quarterback with how many proven players on their roster, they're potentially going to lose. And so it's, is the season a failure I don't know. I, I, I stopped short of saying that, but I do feel like there's elements of the, the result that feel like a failure. Matt Perino uh, joining us. Uh, he was out in Buffalo today at the Orchard Park, I should say, and as well as the game. Um, yeah, you, you brought up these moves and all these free agents, Matt. Um, in your time covering the team, because of the cap situation, because of the number of free agents, should we expect for the most roster turnover here uh, in the Sean McDermott era? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I, I think you're, you could be looking at, like, maybe, like, four. got to look at it a little closer, but four new starters on defense next year, uh, depending on what happens with Daquan Jones. Um, uh, you have uh, Leonard uh, Floyd, who's a, who's a free agent, both of your safeties, you know, and then um, do you want to bring in competition for some other spots? I mean, that, that is something that I think Sean McDermott is going to, and Brandon Bean, they're going to have to figure out. Um, on the offensive side, you're going to have probably a new starting wide receiver opposite Stefan Diggs, depending on the market that materializes for Gabriel Davis. And, you know, I think Davis is this, like, mercurial, like, polarizing figure that like for for all intents and purposes had a really good run in Buffalo these last four years, but I almost feel like it just it feels like they need to go in a different direction. And you look around the league at some of the 
really fun, young offenses. Like I think of Detroit, I think of Houston. And what do those offenses have that the Bills don't? And I think like that young, speedy, like multi-purpose wide receiver that you can make an argument for in their schemes is the number one receiver. Amon St. Brown in Detroit, Tank Dell when he was healthy in Houston. Like to me, that's the next iteration of this offense is finding that player that you can put in this offense that could be a complimentary piece to Khalil Shakir and Stephon Diggs as Diggs now goes into that next iteration of his career. Like, do I think Stephon Diggs is still a number one wide receiver in the league? I don't know. Uh, I- I've never been closer to saying that he's not, at the same time not, not willing to say that he's not. And Brandon Bean says that he is. Yeah. And so I think they're going to treat him as such. But I think you go out this offseason and you bring in whoever's going to be his replacement is, whether it be in the draft, which is where I think they should look, and then also figure out what that role now looks like in maybe a transitional year with Diggs because the contract is just too rich to get out of it. So I'm glad you brought up Diggs, you know, and I want to talk about what the Bills will do versus what they should do and what we all think they should do versus what they probably actually will do. But Brandon Bean's comments on Steph Diggs stuck with me. And they almost came off to me as if it was the GM pumping up the tires of an asset that he might be looking to find something for. If you're evaluating everything, that's got to be a part of it. And Diggs, to his credit, all season long was a great teammate. Everything they say about Diggs is true. But we don't know how bad it was in the offseason during the minicamp when Diggs was sent home. We don't know what he said to Bean and McDermott and what led to this kind of downturn in production here the second half of the season. Long way of asking the question, is Steph Diggs on this roster come training camp? I will say yes. And the reason I say yes is because I don't know if this is a better team just at the bare minimum with Diggs off the roster. Because you're basically going to take that astronomical hit, whether you do it pre-June 1st or or post-June 1st, just to have a guy off the roster, I don't think that makes a ton of sense. Like, I don't, I don't know if this offense is necessarily better. If you're, you know, going to trade them and, uh, you know, get a draft asset, and, and that way you can kind of bring in a bunch of, you know, young rookie players and kind of build that way. Like, I, I think the model is set. Like, you, you know, Green Bay has done that. They did it with Jordan Love, and it, it worked out well. Now, they didn't have a huge dead cap hit that they had to eat on the other side of Devontae Adams, but there is a world you can live in where you go in a completely different direction and somehow found, find a more um, productive offense. So if you think you can, you can attain that, then sure, maybe like think about it, especially if, to your point, it's been more of a headache than even anybody's been willing to lead on, and which that's natural. It, you know, you're, we're never going to probably learn maybe until two or three years after Diggs is gone what really went on and how uh, bad it, it was at, at its worst. Um, but I still think that Stefan Diggs is an elite player in this league. So I think having him back makes a lot of sense, but that's without knowing the depths at which, at how bad it potentially is. You know, you might be able to convince me that it's addition by subtraction. Right. If it's so bad in the room that it would just be better to just flush it and then bring in new players. So Matt, and, and that's, and that was the second part of what I, where I was going to go with this because it really felt like down the back half of the season when they were on this stretch of wins and, and they, they find the, themselves as the two seed that they did it despite 
Liggs, Diggs' lack of production. Like, they won these games with Steph Diggs essentially being invisible. You can get that production elsewhere. Right. Um, everybody I've talked to, from Josh Allen to Khalil Shakir to Gabe Davis, will scream from the rooftops that a lot of that production comes because Diggs is still on the field. Like, he's not a guy that, like, teams aren't planning for to stop. Like, even if it just draws the attention of luxurious need, like, what happens in a world where a young receiver has got to take that matchup and is Khalil Shakir as productive? Is Dalton Kikade as productive? I don't know. That's a great question, a great topic to, to discuss. I still do think we live in a world, and I, I've always thought that the natural progression for Diggs was to being this elite slot receiver at the, at, the, at the end stage of his career because of the suddenness that he has as a route runner, the just the, the football IQ and, and the way that he works against defensive backs, the way that he sets them up. Like, to me, he would be like, like Cole Beasley, like uh, plus two, yeah. right? Like, I, I feel like he'd be a better version of that. But it's got to work, like, personality-wise, and I just don't know how bad that situation is. Um, I will say this, like, being in the locker room all year, I don't want to put it out there that there's any type of, rift between Allen and Diggs. We've gone through that. Allen has you know, called him his brother the other day. He's denied all of it. But it's amazing how like little you see them interact like in the room, like behind closed doors. They do during the practice. Like they're dancing with each other, they're talking with each other, but away from everything, like you just don't see them interact a ton. So I I don't know. Like maybe that's a conversation for the offseason with Bean McDermott, whoever the O C is and Josh Allen. Um but I still expect him to be here next year. Matt Perino, Shout Podcast, Syracuse Post Standard, uh, our guest here in the sports bar. Matt, uh, look, Bills fans, uh, and you can make it an argument, like go get your future number one wide receiver in the draft. And, well, I, I think there's going to be another glaring need on this team. And, and listening to Micah Hyde yesterday, that sounded like a guy who – realizes that one of the options for him might be just to kind of hang it up here. And even if um, he were to decide to come back, I don't know if the Bills would bring him back as he's an unrestricted free agent. Poyer and Hyde. And the, the other end of this, Jordan Poyer, where, yeah, he came up with a big play, but I don't know. Like, it, the, the concern I have here, Matt, is that I'm not sure if you have your future safeties on this roster right now in terms of a next man up. Right, but I don't necessarily know if you need to spend a premium asset to try to find one. Like, I mean, where did they get these two guys to begin with? I mean, they were free agents, lower-end free agents that, you know, they weren't on the radar of a lot of teams, and, and they had a vision. So I think that's the one area that, you know, I, I, I think Sean McDermott can find value in players that can play those positions without having, like, I've seen some mock drafts with safety in the first round. I would be absolutely stunned if the Bills went, first round safety, especially knowing that they do have to find the heir apparent to Stephon Diggs. And I think they just need to start spending those premium assets at the wide receiver position, knowing that you have Josh Allen, who still has a you know, number of years left in his prime. Uh, that would be shocking. I think they'll look in free agency. Uh, I think that they'll look in, um, in the draft and, and, and maybe even some UDFA guys. I think Taylor Rapp could be in the mix to come back next year. And I thought towards the end of the season, before he got hurt, he got, he got much more comfortable. So I think there'll be options. And I just don't know if those positions are as vital as, you know, what I think is going to, they're probably gonna have to draft an edge rusher guy. Yeah. I mean, AJ Appanessa, Floyd, uh, Shaq Lawson, all those guys, vital parts of their rotation likely are going to be gone. And so, 
and, and do you even want to bring back Shaq Lawson? Like, he's been a really nice, reliable player for them. But I think you can even upgrade that player, especially knowing that they didn't get much from any of those guys against the Chiefs. That's right. And, and Matt, that's exactly where I was going next. Gene's talking about the, the, the third level of the defense. I'm, I'm talking about up front, that defensive line that they've invested so much in over the course of the Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean era to get the kind of result that they got on Sunday night is you can't look at it as anything but a failure from how much you're paying Vaughn Miller to, you know, at, look at Oliver best season of his career, but you still need more and you need him to show up when it matters most. And they were invisible on Sunday night. Invisible. And it's indefensible because we sat there with Sean and Brandon last year after the Bengals game. And they both talked about the inability up front. And they go out and they bring in Floyd. And I thought it was a great signing. Um, he, he was great in the regular season, the best regular season for an edge rusher they've had uh, almost in their entire tenure. And so that's, that's a plus. But you can have it fall, the wheels fall off in the playoffs in the same exact way when, to your point, you've spent all these resources. Like, where is, where is the, uh, the pressure on Eric Washington? I mean, Sean was complimentary of him today. Like, I think he has to be the one held accountable for the lack of production in that room when, you, when you're spending that kind of money. And, oh, by the way, you're going to be forced to run it back with Von Miller, who I know that Brandon and Sean, with all due respect to them, uh, you know, wanted to play it off like this was the best game that Miller's had. I would disagree. Like, he might have done some good things in the run game, but who cares? They ran it against them down the stretch uh, in that game. And he was completely invisible as a pass rusher. And he get nine months to see if he – his knee can you know, recover and you can get some semblance of the player that he was before. But there's other questions about the guy too. Like um, I, I know that like Brandon Bean kind of said that they still feel comfortable about everything that happened uh, off the field with him uh, a couple months ago, but I don't think we still have all the information when it comes to that. And I, I thought it was pretty telling that Von Miller didn't talk after the game. He was one of the first guys out of the locker room and then told reporters yesterday that he'd get us in a moment, and before we could even look, turn our head, he had gathered his stuff and, and kind of scurried out the back door of the locker room and left and never talked to reporters. That's a team captain. That's a guy making $20 million per season, and now you're going to run it back with him as your number two edge rusher because I probably saw him in behind Greg Rousseau. They're in a bad spot there. and If they don't bring back Daquan Jones and they can't spend on the free agent market, you're going to be depending on a very rookie-laden defensive line. It's, you better hit on the offensive additions because it's going to be all on Josh Allen. It, are, are there three options with Von Miller or only two? Von, you know, option one, I think we all see, run it back and say all the nice things. Option two, that would seem like a bigger you know, prayer than fumbling out of the end zone as uh, Hartman did. Option three, Matt, uh, is this. Would you actually bite the bullet and say, you know what, for the betterment of the team, we're going to take maybe a half step back. We've got we, we to take this cap hit. He's, he's taking up a roster spot that is not worthy here. We're going to move on, and it's going to be really ugly uh, for the cap this year. I mean, I, I think that decision would only come post-June 1st if you see things in – um, OTAs that you're just not seeing the same burst. But even then, I still think that they um, are going to be like hard pressed. Like if you can even get 70% of the version that he was before, I still think you'd rather have that 
um, if you're comfortable with everything off the field, then you would just like cutting bait and paying them anyway. And then, you know, not having a, a guy like the one thing you could say about Von Miller, he's played a lot of football in this league. If he can get back to some type of more consistent level of play, just as a pass rusher, uh, I think you'll want that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like a lose, lose situation unless he finds some bit of his former ability, which I don't know if you can count on at this stage. Matt, we talk a lot about how Josh Allen, and he gets painted with broad strokes, but he's an alpha dog. He's more competitive than anybody else on the field. He has respect of his teammates. He has respect of his opponents. He's playing lights out, and he, he really you know was the best player on the field on Sunday night. Can some of that transition into his personality off the field? Because I think that there's a killer instinct that guys like Brady and Manning, the elite guys, have off the field, that they expect more. And we heard Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean talk about, you know, Josh having insight and input into who they hire as the offensive coordinator. That's all fine and good, but if it goes south, the, the head coach is still going to fire the offensive coordinator without consulting the the, the quarterback who had, a, a, you know, his endorsement on it. Can Josh Allen be a little bit more of that alpha off the field and help shape and mold some of the decisions that they have to make here this offseason? This is such an interesting conversation because, you know, the big takeaway from what is it, six seasons now of Josh Allen is that he's one of the guys, right? I think that's why guys love him so much and play for him so much is because they're, he's so relatable. It's so easy to talk to him. It's not like that with every quarterback. I mean, great quarterbacks around the league. Um, but I think Patrick Mahomes is that way too. But we saw even this year him growing a little bit into that all right, I'm going to have to be a little bit more assertive when things aren't going well and hold guys accountable. And I don't know how comfortable Josh is in that role. I don't know how much that is in his personality. Uh, it felt like Tom just, you know, Peyton always felt like that. I mean, I, you remember the Jeff Saturday yeah. exchange on the sideline. I don't know what point of his career that was, but that always felt like, always felt like Peyton. Um, and, and it's funny because I was thinking back to, you know the mic'd up segments that they put out every week? There was, a, there was a recent one where you can hear Dawson Knox in the background and him yell out right before they go, Dad? Like they always do that joke, right? Like the dad joke. He's got to be like the dad, I think, at some point. And be a little bit more aggressive. And, you know, you know, we've seen it at times, but I don't think we've ever seen it in like an authoritative role. And I don't know if that's in his bag. But to your point, I think he's got to find a way – to get it into his bag. And this might even go into the Diggs conversation. And maybe that might be motivation to move on from Diggs because maybe that's why he can't have that. Because when you have another alpha in the room or an alpha like Diggs, who to your earlier point is somebody that everybody respects as a leader, it might be hard for Josh to fully own that huddle when you have another guy that everybody looks to, even offensive lineman as that leader. So uh, I think that's a good observation and something that I wonder if that's something that they talk to him about. Matt, last one for me, and I feel like I could talk to you for like another hour, but you know, is there anything we haven't asked you yet? Like for you know, your takeaways from what happened Sunday night or your takeaways from locker cleanout day or, or what was said today here? You know, um, something that a lot of Bills fans have pushed back on me with over the last couple of days was my comments about Josh Allen after the game. I, I think it was a failure to understand my point more than anything. Like Josh Allen to me in that game 
is the last person that should get blamed for the loss, right? But if we separate that part of it, right? Of course, Josh was the best player arguably on the field that day. But what happened at the end of the day? He lost the game. And when we talk about elite players, like the best players in sports, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, we talk about them elevating their teams in the biggest moments. And I think when you look back at that game in five years, you're going to look back and, and say, and who knows, maybe the story will get rewritten because he's got so many more years to go and maybe they get over the hump. Maybe he wins the Super Bowl. Peyton Manning didn't win his first till he was 30. But in that game, when I look back at the season, I'm going to think, man, what if Josh Allen gets him into the end zone? He was so close. You know, Stephon Diggs could have caught that pass. Um, a bunch of different things could have happened. He could have seen some underneath stuff. They could have had a fourth and manageable and gone for it. But in the end, he didn't get it done on that drive. And those are the legacy building moments that we talked about going into the game that you're going to remember that these things add up over time. And, you know, Michael Jordan is known that way. Patrick Mahomes is known that way because they deliver in those moments. And I think as we look ahead the next three or four years, we're going to look at these moments as ones that Josh Allen has to deliver in. And it's a shame because I thought the one that we remember the most was 13 seconds and he did deliver in that moment. And it didn't matter because of, of, you know, Sean McDermott and some of the other downfalls in 13 seconds, but it's a shame because being that great, the, of the greatest players that we talk about to be in that category, you get, you get looked at in a different way in those moments. And uh, that was what, just one of my takeaways from that game is that I think it was a little bit of a hit to the legacy uh, that could always be rewritten, but for the moment, uh, I think it was a little bit of a hit. Yeah, it's the down cycle of the uh, being a Bills fan, right? Like we're, we're all kind of like still mopey after Sunday, but before long, the season of optimism will begin once again, and we'll start ta- start talking free agency and draft and OTAs, and before long, we'll be back at St. John Fisher, Matt, and, and I got to say, on behalf of Gino, the, the time that you spend uh, covering this team and spend with us here in the sports bar sharing what you learn covering this team is invaluable. We can't do it without you and really just appreciate your time throughout the course of this season as frustrating as it might have been from time to time. Hey, man, uh, this is always, I tell people all the time, uh, I do a lot of radio hits. Uh, This is usually one of my favorite 20, 25 minutes of the week. I mean, you guys are the salt of the earth. Uh, I've I've used that phrase a couple times this week, but I truly mean it with you both. Even Gino, who I got to say, every time I see your face in the press box, buddy, uh, it brings a huge smile to my heart. So, uh, thank you for having me uh, all these weeks. And hey, let's do it again next year. You got it. Matt Farino covering the Buffalo Bills for the Syracuse Post Standard, sharing his observations here from the end of the season here. The uh, the game on Sunday, locker clean out yesterday, and Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott speaking to the media in their end of season press conferences today. Yeah, it's a um, lot to react to. And the storyline about Diggs. Perino brings up a good point. Like, if you want Josh to really be the alpha, can't be the co-alpha on offense. Right. Right. And and Diggs has served his role admirably while in Buffalo. He's the guy that has been pumping up all the guys on offense. He's the guy. And Josh Allen told us himself at training camp, he's the guy that brings the juice. I need it. Come on. Positive. Always up. Getting his guys up. Getting them gassed. That's the role he's played. If that rubs off on Josh Allen and Diggs isn't around, Josh Allen can be that guy. 
now now you're the true alpha. Now you're the, not just on the field, because you're already kind of that on the field. We know it. We see it. He's a competitor on the field, but I want it off the field too. I really do. I, he needs a little bit of that. It's not an arrogance. It's a, it's a confidence. It's a recognition of, hey, if we're going to do this, then let's truly do it together. And, and any good relationship is built on a foundation of trust. And you just know that Bean and McDermott don't 100% trust him. They trust him, but not with everything. They're not collaborating on everything. If you're McDermott, you forget, but you don't forget. Oh, I, in the I back think that, of your mind. That's what look, happened last spring. Yeah, yeah, I think that guy holds a grudge and doesn't forget. I think that guy will not let go of a grudge. I guarantee. And not just McDermott, the entire organization. How do we know this? Exhibit A, Ty Dunn. <laughs> I mean, right? Like, this is an organization. I could ask Matt Perino if the season was a failure, but if any of those beat reporters asked Sean McDermott if this season was a failure, are they at the next press conference? <laughs> Do they keep score? Yes, they do. Yes, yes, they do. You can ask that question, and that's why. Why don't you ask the tough question? Well, he's going to the card there. Like, well, we'll take a look at everything. You know, we didn't get to the goal that we wanted. Yeah, he'll. That's fine. Yeah, but ask the question. Is the season a failure? You'll get the answer that that he gave. He didn't need. I guess you don't need to ask. The question, when you know what the answer is going to be, we're not satisfied. We're we're proud, but we're not satisfied. This, this is the answer. I'm extremely proud of what we've accomplished, but not in any way um, satisfied or going to get complacent with where we're at. Um, every year you start over, and every year that, that fire, I can tell you and promise you, that fire burns within me uh, as bright as it did the year before, if not more, more so. So... Um, you know, we're disappointed, yes, but not broken. Yeah, that that would be the answer you would get. You know, I was at the press conference, Danger. You were? I didn't I know I asked this. him that question. Get out of here. I asked him that question. Here, here's the tape. My question to Sean McDermott was, Sean, was this season a failure? Do you get a promotion every year on your job? No, right? So every year you work is a failure. Yes or no? No. Every, every year you work, you work towards something, towards a goal. Right, which is to get a promotion, to be able to uh, take care of your family, to be able, I don't know, um, provide the house for them or take care of your parents. You work towards a goal. It's not a failure. It's steps to success. You know, and if you've never, I don't, know, I don't want to, I don't want to make it personal. So there's always steps to it. You know, um, Michael Jordan played 15 years, won six championship. The other nine years was a failure. That's what you're telling me. <sighs> No, I'm asking you a question. Yes or no? no? I mean, I don't think so. Okay, exactly. So why are you asking me that question? It's a wrong question. There's no failure in sports. What? You know, there's good days, bad days. Some days, some days you are able to uh, be successful. Some days you're not. Some days it's your turn. Some days it's not your turn. And that's what sports is about. You don't always win. Some other other people's going to win. And this year, somebody else is going to win. Yeah. Similar as that. Okay. <laughs> Thank, there you go. There's Giannis. Hey. What, what, what Sean McDermott got an accent? No, I mean, like, that's, uh, you're not going to get that answer from Sean McDermott because he's a little bit, he's not, he's not going to take as much offense as Giannis did to that question being asked. And he already knows what the answer is going to be. And the answer is what we've been saying all along. From the moment Giannis gave that quote, like, we hate that quote 
because the answer is yes, it was a failure. You coach, were a one seed. Yes, yes, your coach lost his job a couple days after you said that the season wasn't a failure. How are you going to tell me that the season wasn't a failure? It was a failure, but that doesn't mean that it was bad. That doesn't mean that you can't learn from it. That doesn't mean that you can't come back next year and be better. And I think that's what Sean McDermott is essentially saying. So you don't really have to ask him the question because you get that answer anyways. But it's hard for me to look at the season knowing that the Super Bowl was that close and not say that it wasn't a failure. Every year you don't get it. It's a failure. Doesn't mean that it's the end of the world. Doesn't mean that you can't improve. Doesn't mean that you can't grow or learn. But it's a failure. In my opinion. Milwaukee today, in case you missed it, they fired Adrian Griffin. Yeah, there's something there, right? They've they've got they're thirty and thirteen. Don't tell me about the offense and da 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 da. Yeah, yeah no, no, something no, no. something's got to be up with that. I mean, now you got a report from Walsh saying that Doc Rivers is one of the veteran coaches that they're going to bring in to potentially replace him. And if that's well, the case, that'll fix it. Yeah, if, if that's the case, and it's like, oh, so you think that that's you want a, a, an adult in the room? You want somebody with more experience in the room to be able to manage who you have in that room? I I guess I'll hear that, but to to move on from the guy when you're thirty and thirteen, I mean, you're six and four in your last ten. Something has to be up. There has to be more to it than than what we'll ever know. Or you're just a, an organization that's looking and saying, "All right, he's good, but we can do better. We can find somebody better, somebody with more experience, somebody with more of a pedigree." I don't know. Kind of breaking uh, breaking news here in the last hour or so in the sports bar. We'll uh, shift to Amherst hockey here in a little bit. Seth Appert, Rochester Americans head coach, joins us in a little under a half an hour from now. You can join us as well on the Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub Wingman line at 866-4326. We've got some takes next. Yes, and it's a big, big night. We're going to find out who goes into the Baseball Hall of Fame. We may have a special guest coming up. Oh, who cares? Oh, I'm sorry. D- uh, Danger. Is, is, wait, we, Baseball Hall of Fame. Who's, who votes on that? The Baseball Writers of America. Oh, Wow, I wonder yeah, what the so temperature is right now high atop Mount Pius. Maybe maybe we can get one of them to come down with uh, the peasantry here and, and mingle amongst us and let us know exactly what's on their mind. Can't wait. Uh, I've also got a non-sports take that I would like to share. Something that uh, my wife pointed out that I do, that I didn't realize I do. But now that I know that I do it, I'm really going to lean into it. And I think every guy should lean into this. Okay. It's a habit that we have, or at least some of us have. We'll get to that and more next. I'll drink to that is on the way in the sports bar. Danger and Bataglia on the fan. You're listening to the sports bar with Danger and Bataglia. On 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan Rochester. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 